You are tuned into the Dr. Tina Show with Dr. Tina Moore. For more, visit drtina.com. On this episode of the Dr. Tina Show, you are in for a real treat. I've invited on my friend, Catherine Green, the president of the Oregon chapter of Children's Health Defense. On today's episode, we're going to dive deep into our thoughts and feelings about what's been going on the past few years, as well as the 5,000 Voices campaign that Oregon chapter of Children's Health Defense has been pushing. We're trying to get some bills passed in the Oregon legislature, and I highly encourage all of you to listen to this, especially if you're from Oregon. Please get involved. Please listen till the end. Follow the links below and make sure that you get yourself involved in this. We have a short amount of time. For all of you who are not in Oregon, please listen to this. Oregon has been a special place in hell the past few years, and I don't think anybody really has come to appreciate it. We are being held hostage, (laughs) if you will, uh, by a tyrannical government, by ridiculous health mandates, by a terrorist organization that's running Portland at this point. And it's all culminated into a lot of great people leaving the state and a lot of hope being lost. There's a few of us sticking around to duke it out. And my heart is here. My heart is in this state. And I've watched my city burn. And I've watched people ignore us repeatedly as we've asked for help. And I think if Oregon folds, the whole West Coast will go down. This is the last light holding up the West Coast from complete tyranny takeover. So with that, let's get started. Catherine Green, welcome. Thank you so much for coming on the Dr. Tina show. I'm so glad to have you. You are the president of Children's Health Defense Oregon chapter, and I have been honored to meet you and speak at a couple of your events. And I'm very excited to bring you on today so you can update us on what's going on with Children's Health Defense Oregon chapter, what you guys are working on so that we can get the message out to a broader audience. Thank you, Dr. Tina. And I have to say, I have always had a blast speaking with you and having you at our engagements. I'm your powerful voice for Oregon and a powerful woman. I think my favorite quote of yours was, make yourself harder to kill. <laughs> Get healthy, right? Get Thank very, you. Very yes. Healthy. And I think it is a time for that. So the, the Oregon chapter of Children's Health Defense, our main issue right now that we're working on is working to get individuals engaged in the legislative process here in Salem. Because as most of us know, and I'm sure everyone who listens to your podcast is aware, we have our work cut out for us. Um, Government, governmental agencies, legislators, politicians, governors, they've been making some very strange decisions. Uh, We kind of, many of us took exception to those decisions years ago now. I mean, it's hard to realize, but for three years. And up until recently, they really, too many of them weren't listening. And now, you know, the science, everything we've been saying for three years has come out, basically in the past week, practically, in the mainstream. But there's still a bubble around our legislators. And if you want to affect change, it's always the people who have to do it. It never comes from top down, right? It comes from the bottom up. I don't care what movement you're speaking of, whether it's environmental rights issues, whether it was civil rights issues, whether it's women's rights issues, it's the people that insist, they demand change. So in Oregon, as you know, a lot of people have left the state. They gave up. They took their kids. They took their businesses. They left. There are those of us who don't want to do that. This is a beautiful place. There's a lot of very awake people here. Our campaign right now is called 5,000 Voices. It is based upon what they did in Florida 
that brought the legislation that made it illegal to discriminate against someone in Florida, depending on their COVID vaccine status or whether they would wear a mask or mask their children, which for me, the huge issue is masking children. You know, adults have a capacity to defend themselves against aggression that children, frankly, don't have. And when bureaucracies make decisions for children that harm them in the name of making them safe, Okay, and this is happening a lot, in my opinion, in our society and seeing what happened in Oregon. It just has been appalling, frankly. Uh, I'm shocked at what I have witnessed adult responsible humans participate in. We had rallies at the Capitol where we said masking children is child abuse. I still stand by that. I absolutely believe and know all the science shows, all the psychology shows this is abuse. Right. We, there are good bills that were written by people who have, I believe, the science behind them and integrity behind them. And sadly, in Oregon, they're languishing in committee. And many of these bills, if they don't get a committee hearing assigned by March 17th, they're dead. Okay, so we have this limited time. We launched 5000 voices actually February 1 to our email subscriber list. We've been sending out additional information. We've linked with other groups. The, the other main website is Unite Oregon Now. They have specifics about how a bill becomes law. They start here either in the Senate or in the House. They have to be read. They have to be assigned to a committee. And excuse me, and then the committee has to assign a hearing and a hearing date. So outreach to those committee members and to your own elected legislators, right, is critically important. Got it. Oregon, okay. Oregon has such an awake population, Dr. Tina. I mean, isn't that your opinion that a lot of people now, you're up in the northern regions of the state and I think <laughs> <laughs> I, I used to think so. I, I used to, I mean, I, you know, I, you and I had this conversation when we first met. You live in Ashland and we... You know, we both lived here long enough to know back in the day when Oregon was, it was a really cool state and it was full of really cool Democrats. Like it was, you said it at the event down there in Ashland where I spoke with you that, you know, true American Democrats, like Kennedy type Democrats, right? And I loved growing up in that atmosphere. These were people who were smart. They were fiscally conservative, but they cared about helping people. Uh, you know, it was really, I mean, that's how, that's, I mean, it makes me want to cry. That's what, that's what molded me. I mean, literally, and then to watch it turn into this like woke zombie apocalypse has been, and then to watch my city burn. I mean, I was a Portland girl, true and true. My audience knows I grew up going downtown. I went to school downtown. I went to college down, like I, I'm a downtown girl. And then just to watch my city burn for 200 something days under literally a, a, a terrorist organization is now running the city and no one's talking about it. And yet we have this crazy cloud of just complete unawareness. And at this point, we're seeing adults walking down the street and their children are masked because these kids are handling the mask like a binky. It's like they're soother or something, you know, and it's, it is absolutely child abuse. I made a post about that early on in the pandemic, took a lot of shrapnel for it, took a lot of heat from my colleagues, got in near trouble. I stand by it completely. It's, it's I can't even look at an adult who has a child mask next to them. 
it, it breaks my heart. I mean, it mm-hmm. really does. The, the girls, two girls, you know, and here's the thing. This is now a controversial statement, but girls are different than boys, okay? <laughs> I'm sorry, okay? I'm sorry. But if you have, if you're born with a uterus and, and ovaries as opposed to testicles, and a penis, you're different, right? If you have the apparatus within your body to generate a new human being basically from scratch, that is a whole set of infrastructure that males are not born with, okay? So males do have certain physiological advantages in strength, lung capacity, bigger livers, they can process toxins a little better than we can. They are different. It isn't by chance that the two people that you heard of that were young women who were athletes who collapsed and one had to be fully resuscitated were females, okay? I run around with lower blood oxygen than the average guy, okay? That's just a fact. I burn less oxygen. I also am able to pull in less oxygen than the average male. If you make me exercise at full capacity... Yeah, with no with no ability to breathe. Okay. I know. And, and I face plant. And you know, what really made me the angriest was that the coach, who I know is not a bad human being, he said, oh, yeah, full oxygen debt. I'm like, yes, and you let her do this. You made them do this. Well, they're menstruating, too. I mean, most girls are running around anemic. It's not, you know, not uncommon. So we've got these anemic, low oxygen capacity girls that are bleeding out their iron stores. And yeah, so that, you know, while all this was happening, I'll tell you from my perspective and not to get off on a, you know, tangent, but um so I had a pretty big following growing at the time. And I was trying to talk about this stuff and people were just... I flat out had people accusing me of making it up, some of these stories. And I was like, do you guys, like, no, we are like the bastard child no one wants to think about in the Pacific Northwest. Like, these atrocities are happening in our state and in our city, our major city, and yet nobody wants to talk about it. Nobody wants to believe it. You know, election fraud happens somewhere else. We suspect maybe something's happening here. We're not allowed to talk about it. It gets no play. And I'm not saying there was election fraud. I'm just saying it, it there's been some discrepancies happening. And and I'm just super confused why nobody wants to pay attention to Oregon. That's you really know, it. Oregon's fascinating to me. Before I moved here, it was like this blank spot on the map. We kind of knew California, you know, you have an image in your mind, you know, you have images in your mind of Washington State from Seattle and the big forests and things. Oregon was sort of like, I just didn't have a lot of data for Oregon at all. And when I came out here, I did feel like I had stepped into um, a slightly different world, all right, a little bit. And it's hard to reconnect with the East Coast. When I fly back over there, I feel like I'm landing in a different um, reality on some level. It's thicker. It's heavier. The energy here is kind of lighter, much lighter and freer. That's how I feel about Mother Nature and the electromagnetic energies of the lands. But... There is this bifurcation in Oregon. You have people who are very adamant on one side and people who are very adamant on the other side, and they haven't spoken to each other. Every time they try to chop human beings into a category and cut us smaller and smaller and separate us one from another, whether it's saying, I'm a Republican, I'm a Democrat, I'm a liberal, I'm a conservative, I'm a male, I'm a female, I'm you know white, I'm black, I'm this, I'm that, whatever it is. They're separating us so that we can't work together for the benefit of everyone. Now, we need to get our legislature back working for us to bring this back around. And people 
there are good people who have been advocating for change and for sanity and reasonable law in this state for a very long time. And frankly, they're worn out. So people who were trying to bring attention to vaccine harms, okay, and what it did to children as the CDC safe and effective and required schedule exploded from eight to 72, five-ish, okay, they were chased out of the state with the COVID crowd, right, so to speak, when they decided that lockdowns for a year and Fauci immediate, you know, he openly admitted, we use lockdowns to get people to take the vax. Yeah, This is why things that were safe and effective in early treatment were squashed. You know, it's obvious to me. I mean, you don't have to be a Sherlock Holmes here because you can't get an EUA for a product if there are effective treatments available, right? Right. So you had to deny the reality of the effective treatments that lots of doctors figured out. It wasn't just one doctor. It was lots of doctors, but they all were attacked if they were truly safe and effective and easily usable, right? And that was so they could roll out this product and then force the whole world to take it practically. And people who believed they were doing this to protect others, like good human beings, fell into this trap. And public health officials also fell into the trap that doctors in hospitals fell into the trap as well. I mean, fear is a powerful motivator. And so when people are terrified, they make bad decisions. I mean, I was a horse breeder and trainer, okay? And if you know anything about animals, if an animal's terrorized, you're not going to be able to teach it anything. Right. Any different, okay? We're not any different. Yeah, we're just fancy mammals with opposable thumbs, I always say. There we go. Big brains. We've got pretty big brains, right? Only dolphins and cetaceans kind of outdo us in brain development. But the monies that were spent convincing people to stay home and to wait for the Holy Grail to come and rescue them in the form of a, you know, injection, which when I saw the tech on that, I was like, oh, sorry. Yeah, that's a hard hard no. (laughs) Yeah, I was like, "Mm." the technology. So we're going to take the very most toxic part of this, right? We're going to then encase it in a lipid nanoparticle that crosses every membrane in the human body. And then we're going to use pseudouridine so that the mRNA doesn't break down. And then we're going to trick your cells into making lots of it. For an indefinite amount of time. I'm going, what could go wrong with that? What couldn't, what wouldn't go wrong with that? That's like wrong on like 10 different levels. Yeah, it's wild. The question in my mind is, who are the lunatics who ever thought it was a good idea? I'm not talking about the brainwashed public who, and even the brainwashed healthcare professionals who went, oh yeah, this is wonderful. Who are the lunatics who, who cooked this up? You know? That's a great question. And I, I have to think... I heard something the other day that resonated with me. I finally had a deeper understanding because I, I truly, to be honest with you, um, nobody was, in my opinion, nobody was forced. Unless there's a weapon held to your head, you're not forced to do anything. You make hard choices or you don't. I've made some incredibly hard choices in my life. They have left me broke. They have left me alone. They have left me scared. I chose the harder way because I wanted the way that was the better way. I'm going to tell you something about you that because... Here's here's my favorite saying ever on earth. Whoever discovered water, it wasn't a fish. Yeah. <laughs> right. So when you I, are something, you don't see it. 
You yeah. have a spine of steel, woman. You don't know <laughs> it, but you've got one, right? You- it's because I've done hard things. I appreciate that, but I've done some really, really hard shit in my life and I've endured some really, really hard. I mean, I've been bankrupt as a single mom. I have been through some shit as I know many have, but... um you know, a lot of people that I know that said they were forced, they just didn't want to get re- let go of their cushy house and their cushy jobs. You know, there was other options. I I hear you, but I know people who took it because they really did drink the Kool-Aid. They really did believe the propaganda. And if you only know Google and you only know your TV set, all you ever heard was propaganda. That's true. But I don't trust people who l- believe propaganda either. So... I hear you. <laughs> I don't. <laughs> and, and no one I knew that I was really close to took the shot. But, you know, th- this is just the fact. My 27-year-old daughter got buffaloed into it. And so did a lot of good people I know. And see, some people are more by their, um, just their inner settings, how they were raised, their genetics, their their whatever, the way they were made. They're more interested in aligning with the yes. mass. Yes, that's what I was going to get to. I, I heard I heard something that I'm sorry I didn't say it. Um, it. Somebody said the other day they said they were arguing on Twitter that yes, we now have the information, and yes, many of you were right, but at the time, most of us didn't have that information, and people were arguing back saying, "Well, we were trying to tell you the information," and they were still arguing back saying it doesn't matter because the right thing to do for humanity at the time was to go along with all of it. And I think Oregon fully fell into that. Like, yes, I knew people who thought masks were ridiculous, but they wore them because it was the right thing to do, quote unquote. They got the Jews because it was the right thing to do. Even though they didn't want to, they got bamboozled. And maybe I'm just a lone wolf and I don't care. Like I'm not concerned with the herd at all or being ousted from it because I've been ousted from it multiple times. But that to me made at least some sense of like, oh, it's still the social norm they have to follow regardless of whether they think it's right or not. But I want to take exception to that because people who are innocent, like they really don't know, they did drink the Kool-Aid, they believed, they trusted their trusted healthcare providers who said it's safe, right? They trusted their doctor, they trusted, you know, the CDC, whatever, they trusted NIH. I have some compassion for those. But if any human being, in my opinion, now I'm older, I'm 63 years old, so I, and I studied a lot of history in my life, and I've watched a lot of shit go down, basically, right? I was born 1960. My earliest memory of any event outside my home was the assassination of John F. Kennedy, our president, okay? I was three, about to be four, and boy, it made an impact. I was sitting in front of the TV. So when, and I've, I've studied history, so you can study Soviet Russia, you can study Mao's China, you can study the, you know, the, the killing fields of Cambodia, you can study how Nazism came to rise, you can study how we decided, not we, but I'm saying humanity decided at times a certain group of people must die for the benefit of everyone else. Whenever you align with the mob mentality or the group think or the herd, and you throw your own critical thinking faculty in the toilet, you are the danger to humanity. I agree. That is how horrible things happen. And that is what we have to really, really guard ourselves against. You've seen the Milgram experiment, right? Mm -hmm. They said it was, you know, it's too extreme to ever do again. Every kid 
in college or high school needs to learn Milgram over and over and over again so that if they're ever put in that position when an authority says you must or the herd, the ash conformity experiment, right? It's the same thing as the emperor's new clothes, right? He's walking around naked and because important people say, oh, they're beautiful. Oh, they're so beautiful. Everybody else goes, oh, shit. Right. It's the bystander effect. I just saw, I just saw a thing on social media literally right before I came down here and it was a woman and she was crying as she was telling the story. When she was 16, she walked into her classroom and her teacher was normally, you know, just the nicest guy. And she was a straight A student. So she always wants to do her best. And I was a straight A student. So I get it. Like I put a lot of pressure on myself for that. She said she walked into the classroom and uh, he was very militant and stern and he had all the chairs arranged in a circle. And he said, everybody sit down, shut up. You're not allowed to speak, move or do anything. And if you do, you fail my class immediately. So everybody sat there, you know, scared to death. And he, in the middle of the room was a table and he put a bowl of goldfish on the table and he picked one out of the water and he put it down on the table and he walked out of the room and he just waited. And the girl started crying, the woman started crying as she's telling the story at this point. And she said, nobody did anything. And we all just sat there. And finally, one of her friends stood up and said, you know, to hell with this, walked to the middle of the room, put the goldfish back in. And right then the teacher walked in and he said, look what the world's done to you. Right. And I was like, see, I would have been, I would have been up immediately. <laughs> I would have been up immediately and I would have been bitching out the teacher and I would have been bitching out everybody in the room. And that's how I handled COVID. I mean, I literally was like, what the F is wrong with all of you people? We, I sat in class with people who called me horrible names at the beginning of COVID. I'm like, I sat through immunology with you. I sat through biochem with you. We took the same board exams. <laughs> Where is your brain? Like, how did we forget immunology? And like, suddenly it's back. Suddenly we're back. 2023, okay, we can remember it again. Natural immunity is a thing, you know? So here's the dangerous part in my book. It is not by accident that every, quote, free nation in the world did the same thing at the same time when it made no absolute sense and it killed millions of people. Right. Right. So we have to come to grips with the fact that some little planning commission somewhere who can pull an awful lot of strings looks like they laid the groundwork for this and then pressed go. And all these, in my opinion, non semi non human bureaucrats fell in line. And it included in our media, it included in our government, it included in our healthcare, you know, entire system, the whole system, everywhere, it, it, you know, social media, big tech. And when you look at how BlackRock and State Street and others have created a power pyramid where they're controlling almost all the corporations that exist, you could come to the conclusion, and I know this sounds wild, but you can look at their their letters about this for years and years and years over many, many, many decades, that there are too many humans on the planet. Right. So, so maybe this is the way, in a sense... If the, what if the vax was designed to, to sterilize a certain portion of the population? We know women have had a really hard time with this product, right? And there's a male, there's male fertility issues as well. And we don't know the long-term consequences because we never did, you know, oncological studies with it. We never put it through any normal safety testing whatsoever. And the problem is that our elected officials live inside bubbles. Most of them only are experts on maybe one or two subjects and biology or immunology, or health, they leave it up to their experts. Their experts are all captured 
Okay, we've watched our entire government be captured by huge economic forces. What will someone do for a hundred billion dollars? Well, apparently, uh, the two top virologists in the U.S. early on this just came out in the congressional hearing. I don't know if you saw it, but uh, they were pretty clear that it was a lab leak and. Suddenly, within days, they rescinded their story and changed their mind. And that by the end of that year, both of them were paid $9 million by the NIH. So I shared this with my husband this morning. He goes, oh, so it only costs $9 million to perjure on the stand, right? Like, Right, right. It's only $9 million. I mean, that's the number, I guess. I wish we'd raise kids to tell the truth. We would tell them that the fate of our nation and the world depends on human integrity and intelligence, on you telling the truth. Um, did you ever see the movie Concussion? Mm-mm. Will Smith. Will Smith played a wonderful role in this of a pathologist who figured out what was making football players lose their mind. Oh yeah, I saw that, and they just blacklisted him. Oh, my God. NFL and their power did everything they could to destroy this man. But the facts were there and they were incontrovertible. The science was there. But, you know, it went against the the biggest industry in America in some ways in the recreation world. Right. And so it was a huge problem. But he was one of his favorite. My favorite lines of his was, I am offended. I am offended that these people will do these things. And his wife said to him, tell the truth. Mm -hmm. That is your job, tell the truth. I mean, we now know who our truth tellers are, right? And it's costly. It's cost me quite a bit and I won't fold. I won't, I will not. I I told people early on, I'm like, you can keep throwing daggers. I will die on this hill. I am not... (laughs) I will I will not fold. I will not be a coward and I will not fold. And I will not have my daughter see me be anything but a truth teller and be brave. I just wasn't going to do it. And I was like, you know what? If I lose everything on this and I've lost a lot, I've been politically targeted. I have been, I have lost merchant services. I, there's things my audience has no idea about. And uh, I had the IRS show up on my doorstep. I, I, I had a warrant put out against me in Oregon. I, I will not... I will not shut up about this. And I, and I have been, I've gotten death threats. I won't wear, let's put it this way. I won't go downtown without wearing a hat because our, our city is ran by a terrorist organization who has made threats against me. I'm not, it's, it's, it's crazy what this has cost and I still won't fold. And it's made me a bitter person in some ways. And I have lost some empathy uh, and I've lost some patience for things. And I, will continue to tell the truth and I will continue to try to be as professional about it. And I only say this because sometimes I get messages from people and they say, why are you so angry? And I'm like, dude, if you're not angry, you're not paying attention. Because this is, because the people who didn't speak up, who didn't pay the price, they're just like, oh, why can't you just get over it? And I'm like, clearly you didn't live in a tyrannical state. You know, clearly you weren't living in a tyrannical country like Canada because my Canadian friends, my friends in Oregon and my friends in some other states, we're like, we're still, I mean, we have PTSD. <laughs> I, I hear you. And there's, and there's been some very um, suspicious events. Okay. So, you know who Dr. Charles Hofe is? Mm-hmm. He was one of the first whistleblowers that I really paid attention to because he looked after a community of people and he didn't realize how bad the vax was. He thought he trusted them, like most doctors, that what they produce is safe for human use. And when it rolled out in his community, he lost one person died, I think in a hundred. 
they were older. They're a lot of them Native American, maybe not the healthiest, right, group, but about 100. One died right away. Three had terrible, terrible disabilities that he had no idea how to treat. And then he saw impacts in many others as well. And he immediately blew the whistle on this. And then the, all the attack dogs jumped on him and shredded him. And he wouldn't quit. He started testing their um, their blood for D-dimer levels, right, to see who had vax injuries. And he was compiling records. Well, guess what? His little town burned down. All his records were destroyed. Wow. Everything was burned down. Yeah. Coincidence, maybe, but inconvenient to the powers that ran the op. And I I am sorry, it's an op. It's an operation. But to go back to 5,000 voices. Yes. (laughs) our, Our elected officials don't know that. Some may be suspecting it, but politicians are successful by not pissing off anyone, basically. Yes. They hold a neutral space. Then they look at all the policy. Many of them do try to choose the best policy available, but they only hear from the, quote, experts. And the experts are only paid for by huge corporate financial and specialty interest groups. So they don't hear from the citizens much. I have to say, when I go to Salem, and and Salem is special, People don't understand in Oregon the opportunities they have. This is a small state. It is a personable state. I can walk the halls and bump into almost any legislator I wish. I can sit in committee. There's very few people there, a few specialty interests and a few citizens. If you took 5% of the population of this state who's aware of what we've been through, and if they made contact with their legislators, you would flip this state back towards sanity overnight. It is because not enough Oregonians are engaged that they can do the crazy, crazy things they're doing. And, you know, there's all these good bills. Like I said, you go to OR, right? OR dot Children's Health Defense dot org and that'll take you to our website you can find the 5000 voices campaign you can go to uniteoregonnow.com and you'll see real specifics about bills and about how bills become laws and where we're at and then you get to know your oregon legislative.gov website give you all your committees all your legislators all your bills you can track them you can see where they're at if they're stuck there not doing anything you can call them up and give them a push. If they're moving bad bills forward, and there's plenty of that going on, I'm not focusing on that because a lot of them are outside of my you know, jurisdiction, so to speak, is children's health defense. They're not on issues of children's health or our basic human liberties that all life depends upon, which is really our mandate at this stage. But Issues that have to do with crime, issues that have to do with voting, issues have to do with government grabbing ever more power over our lives. You know, they've chased enough people away from this state that they now have a tax and budgetary shortfall. So they're going to plan on raising taxes on the rest of us who stayed. I'm like, well, you know, I may go too. Okay, you abused me for three years. And now because you made a lot of mistakes, you're going to take it out on me again. I I may not stay here for this. The thing about the United States is you can move from one state to another. It's not like the Soviet Union in Oregon where I can't get over the border to Idaho. Maybe the maybe half of us will turn into Idaho. (laughs) I I think it's wishful thinking. I don't think I know ever let the counties go. On the other hand, I think the movement is lovely. It really sends a message. But but truly it's engagement. 
People don't have any idea how powerful they are. They are stunningly powerful if they will call their legislators and give them a piece of their mind. And I'm talking about people who's had businesses lost, right? Who have had businesses lost. People who suffered, whose children suffered. People who fled the state, right? If your best friend left, if your doctor left, if your pediatrician left, if your chiropractor left, which is what happened to me, right? I could stay home. I, I, I'm basically retired. I could stay home. I live outside of town. I'm not put on a mask. For the 10 seconds I need to run inside a grocery store, I can. I think it's, it, I know it's insane, but I would do it because all these terrified people are standing there. They've been absolutely tortured into terror over a disease that was basically only dangerous for the very elderly or those with many comorbidities. And with early treatment therapies, Virtually everyone came out of it fine and didn't have long COVID. It was the neglect, the medical nihilism, the terrible treatments that they were getting huge kickbacks if they used the wrong treatment in hospital. Right. And all that is coming out. It is. And that the thing that I think that most don't understand is that MDs are held to the standard of care. And so if they are, if they go against the standard of care, they risk losing their license. That's why when you go to an MD's office and you're diagnosed with high blood pressure, they have to offer you a high blood pressure medication. So they're not just pill pushers because they're, they want to be their pill pushers because that's the standard of care. Naturopathic physicians are uh, required to uphold best practices. We look to the standard of care to determine best practices. And so I think that, you know, that story I told you about the goldfish in the room. Yeah. I think that happened. There was a, I watched it happen. There was a trickle out effect from what the MDs were doing. I think in the whole world too, we saw, you know, whatever Fauci said went and whatever the CDC and Fauci said, the whole world listened to. So I don't even, I mean, I do agree with you that there was some group of people somewhere that pushed a button and it was go time. But also I think it was just this sort of trickle out of fear you know, it was like the the waves of a pond when you throw a rock in. And so next thing you know that the endies are falling in line and the chiropractors and everybody's just sort of like going along with the fear narrative because what do you risk if you go against it? You risk everything. I, I hear you, but here's what I would say is that people with any kind of critical thinking skills whatsoever, and trust me, doctors have them, okay? When they saw, A, that the advice was stay home till you turn blue, yeah, I know. There's the advice. Insane. Stay home till you turn blue. Now, that's wrong. When they heard that natural immunity suddenly vanished, okay? Natural immunity no longer exists. It's, a, it's an illusion. Vaccine-induced temporary uh, immunity is way superior, of course. Okay, I'm sorry. I had college biology, Yeah. Right? I'm with you. I'm sorry. That's bullshit. And then when all their patients died, 85% of the people that they put on remdesivir and a ventilator died. And when they saw that they got a 20% bonus if they used only remdesivir and a ventilator. Yeah. Yeah, I know. I'm with you. I It's crazy. And people they don't. Knew. People they knew. Don't, now they, they, they did and they were cowards. There we go. <laughs> There we go. There yeah. is the issue. They were cowards. And I have to say, doctors have been walking around thinking too much of themselves, in my opinion, in the MD's world for a little too long. Okay, so again, I gave you my age. I was 
a young college student in the early 80s, okay? They prescribed for me birth control pills that had been outdated forever because I had an older doctor, all right? And he just liked them. They're what he was familiar with. They almost killed me. I had dinner plate blood bleeds in my legs this big, all right? I couldn't remember my name. I, I, that straight-A student evaporated, okay? I had memory problems ever after. They are not held responsible for bad decisions in many cases. That standard of care issue, that's written in most cases nowadays by pharmaceutical corporations. Oh, absolutely. And groups of doctors that get together that are paid by pharmaceutical companies. Exactly. I'm, I'm There's with kickbacks you. for vaccines, right? If, if your child in your pediatrician practice is fully vaccinated, the vaccine manufacturers are allowed to give you a kickback. Yep. That should be criminal. We shouldn't be advertising drugs on TV. We're one of only two nations on earth that make that legal, right? New Zealand and us. We have a problem and our legislators need to be brought to attention. They need to be told, hey, Houston, we've got a problem and you're sitting in those seats and it is your responsibility to represent us, not to represent corporate interests who don't care if they kill off or make ill vast numbers of people because they're going to make money on treating all the sick. Our legislators don't know what we know. I would not speak to one of them the way I'm speaking with you or to your audience. I know it is a highly informed audience. But I am saying we have to educate them. It is the only way it gets done because they're inside these bubbles and they don't hear the truth. So that 5,000 voices, everybody who signs up pledges to make 10 contacts a week, an average of two a day, five days a week, business days. You can set them all up as emails and you could just put your your sentiment in the subject line. You do not need to write a tome. You can say, get this bill a hearing, I'm behind it 100,000% and list your favorite. Pick 10, pick 20, you know? If you wanna say, I don't wanna be driven out of my state, I don't want my chiropractor to be driven out of the state. I want them to come back. I want my kid to go to school unmasked and unabused, right? I'm not going to have it anymore. You need to wake up and smell the coffee and you got everything wrong for three years and you caused a tremendous amount of death and destruction by doing that. You need to understand the material yourself, just like other politicians, a few Ron Johnson has dove into the whole vaccine injury issue, the whole COVID mess. So has DeSantis in Florida. I got to say, I'm super proud of those two men. I love them. <laughs> I just They've done amazing work. Yeah, I love them. They're heroes. Ladapo, Dr. Ladapo in Florida, he's fabulous. When I saw his interviews, I went, if we can get people of that quality into public health and governmental positions in the United States of America, we will, we are home free. That's the quality of human being we're looking for. Yes. He is an amazing guy and God bless him and God bless everybody who's standing up to this. It has made a huge difference. Dr. I agree. I agree. Cause you know, courage is courageous. And so if people haven't been courageous yet, it's time to be, and it will trickle out. It is contagious, right? So here's what we're doing next week. You're going to release this on the 8th, right? This podcast. Okay, so on the 8th, I will be walking the halls of Salem. I will be meeting with legislators. And I will be taking this book, right, which um, you've got it backwards, I know, but uh, that book to every legislator's office in Oregon. If people just call, write, and say, we know you have it, we want you to look at it, 
We want you to grok this material, okay? You need to understand this. That in and of itself is powerful. So this is about how we can affect change and not be driven out of this beautiful state. And maybe we can get Portland back from that negative force that has taken control of that city, which was once a very beautiful and wonderful place to be, right? Yes, absolutely. It's a tragedy. I mean, it really is a tragedy. Yeah, it's it looks like a wasteland there these days. Um, so if folks go to your website at I'll I'll put the link in the show notes. There are goals for 2023 that read the end to all COVID emergencies and mandates, a new generation of children not suffering from chronic or iatrogenic disease, government which respects respects being in capital letters, not usurps the doctor-patient relationship, which is something it, that is sorely needed. Doctors should be making these decisions for their patients and helping educate them and giving them informed consent that's real. Policies which protect both parental and religious rights, medicine based upon the patient, not upon the profits. And then there's step-by-step instructions on how people can get active with this and get involved. Um, is this something that people who are out of state can participate in or does it have to be an Oregon resident? You know, I think that any voice is is important. All voices are important, but those legislators represent Oregonians. So I would say if you've been pushed out of the state, you're a really important voice because you might come back. I mean, they're, I've got my city council and city um, uh, manager trying to figure out how to bring people back to Ashland, right? Because it's sitting empty in many cases. I'm going, fools, you drove them all out. Now you want them to come back. You're going to have to acknowledge what you did wrong. Right. And I live out in farmer country. It's all farmland out here. And it's funny because, you know, the farm, I didn't know this. I didn't know the culture out here. I'm a girl that grew up in the suburbs in the city, right? I don't, I move out here. I'm like, you guys are, I thought they were all hicks. And then I fell madly in love with one. Smart people, quiet people, but definitely a sort of fuck around and find out crowd. And I keep waiting for them to stand up and be like, all right, I'm done. This is, these, these folks have guns and ammunition. They're not going to take it. Like, where's the, where's the, where's the cutoff point where they finally stand up and say, nope. And then you've got all of Eastern Oregon, which is huge and not densely populated, but man, those people don't want to be messed with at all either. And so what we have is just this small, this large group of people condensed into Portland, running everything, really making the, setting the laws, setting the votes, setting everything. And that I don't think the majority of Oregonians agree with it. And I think that they need to step up and, you know, do something now. Now's the time. I know the or the majority of Oregonians don't agree with it. I think there have been dirty tricks. Politics has always had dirty tricks, okay? And when any one group gets into power and holds too much power, like the Democrats had a super majority in this state, it, it's it's bad. It's bad for our health, right? Too much power. I, you know, you mentioned Anthony Fauci, okay? Anybody with any sense whatsoever who looked at that man's history and then listened to him say, I am science, <laughs> knows you're dealing with a toxic and delusional and profoundly destructive personality. If you get to know his history, it is a nightmare, right? We should have swept him out with, you know, like yesterday's trash 40 years ago. You know, over AIDS, he should have been out on his ear. Okay, he's been creating infectious diseases, in my opinion, you know, in a propaganda type style, 
all right, meaning blowing them up. So to scare everybody to death, I got the AIDS scare when I was, you know, in my 20s. All of a sudden, yeah. we thought if you had sex, you might die, right? That was what they made you think, that sharing toothbrushes, that you could catch it like cooties. I mean, that's yep. such BS, all right? Yep. He's done that because he took over NIAIH, right? NIAIH. This is the National Institute of Health and Infectious Allergies and Infectious Disease. Okay, infectious disease was gone once we basically discovered penicillin and antibiotics and all sorts of treatments for infectious disease. It was not a big deal, okay? They were dropping through the floor. He needed to have them, all right? There's a really great substack. It's called I-C-E-N-I, all caps and letters. They've got a great little um, cartoon right now and spout where COVID originally came from. And you've got a bunch of, um, I won't say who the characters are, stirring a, a witch's brew pot. And, and some are going, but, but why do we need to do this? And the ones blurts out, for the vaccines. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's another thing to mention, just as an aside, if you look at pharmaceutical industry, they had pretty much run out of novel new drugs and they 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 were out and this is not made up. They were I I dug up a, early on I dug up a lot of stuff about Moderna prior to the internet being scrubbed of it. It's gone now. I have I have emails I sent out and when I go back to look at those links all those links are gone. So um they needed a new and Moderna had a lot of money invested in mRNA technology and they were going bankrupt. So they needed a new technology to, you know, it was the SSRIs in the 80s and, you know, the late 80s, we had the antidepressants, pretty much out of antibiotics, um, pretty much out of blood pressure drugs, Alzheimer's drugs aren't working so well. So this was, if you really look at it that way and you realize, you know, the pharmaceutical industry has been really driving and dictating public health for a long, long time, way back to the 70s and statin drugs and in cahoots with big food industry and the low fat movement and all this nonsense. If people actually knew, cause I'm old enough to remember all of this too. I was thinking back this morning, I'm like, I'm old enough to remember having to get under your chairs because of potential nuclear bombs, right? <laughs> and apparently these young liberals are not re aware of that fear, like the real fear of nuclear threat. So anyway, that's a lot of what this is going on is people have not been paying attention to history. And they also aren't paying it. Here, here's my plea again and my um, plug. They're not paying attention to government, okay? Yeah. If you know more about the local foot, you know, the football world or, or whatever your pet favorite pastime is, I don't care if it's shopping or gardening or art or football or whatever it is, it may be a wonderful pastime. But the fact is, if you don't understand what legislation is being passed, if you don't understand who's backing what bill and for what reason, and you're going to live under those laws, those are going to affect your life. They may kill your child, frankly. It was CDC's safe and effective, you know, Vaccine schedule almost killed my daughter in the 80s. It was the birth control pills that they just went, yeah, give them to women. They're having too many babies. We don't care what it does to them, okay? That almost killed me. See, I've not trusted Western medicine or doctors since that day. Right. But I got buffaloed into giving my girl her shots because I saw all these other kids walking around and they seemed to be okay. They weren't dropping dead as far as I knew. But my daughter did almost die afterwards with pneumonia. Afterwards, I found the Guinea-Bissau study that showed how little girls, again, different immune systems, almost died at higher rates, the vaccinated ones, from diseases like pneumonia and sepsis than they ever had from mumps, measles, or rubella. 
So yeah, you had less mumps, measles, and rubella, but you had more dead little girls. You know, you got to look at all-cause mortality. You got to look at the whole picture. You don't just look at this little tiny scratch in the bark of one tree. You need to look at the forest. And this is what we've not been doing about human health. So I moved away. I've studied Chinese medicine. I've studied homeopathy. I've done a lot of alternative medicine. And I find it that it works for me. It's um, incredibly powerful in the hands of a skilled healer. And I don't have to deal with the toxicities of Western medicine and all those horrible side effects, right? So... We need to learn to work with Mother Nature and our God-given or Mother Nature-given or chance-given, however you see it, your immune system is special, right? Your body's capacity to heal is special if you give it what it needs and you stop pouring toxins into it, whether it's in the food supply or whether it's in the water supply or whether it's in the medicines, you know, quote, medicines you're taking or wherever you're getting your toxins, But injecting aluminum, that's a bad idea, right? That's a bad idea. Injecting primitive human DNA, that's a bad idea. Doing this to newborn babies or pregnant women, that's a, that, you know, that for me is a criminal idea. Japan stopped all vaccines before the age of two. And guess what? SIDS disappeared. Yep. So we need to bring the facts to our legislators and they are brainwashed just like so many of our doctors are. I mean, they literally are brainwashed. I watch my daughter sicken and sicken and sicken again and again after every set of shots. And the doctor had nothing to say. He just kept giving them. And he looked somewhat puzzled. I know he believed that vaccines are safe and effective. But his belief doesn't make that true. And this is the same with everything that's been done to us over the past three years. So... We have to learn to use our own critical thinking faculties. We need to do our own research. You need to find the people who don't lie to you, okay? And they're not on mainstream media, okay? They're not on your TV set. Definitely not. They're, the get, they're getting censored over on social media like I am. <laughs> Everybody went to Substack. I have to say. Yeah, I love Substack. The greatest joy of the pandemic was Substack. I could have one-on-one conversations through the comment section on great articles on Substack with people like Dr. Michael Yeadon, you know, I mean, just the finest minds and the finest hearts and frankly, the finest spines in the world, the people who stood up. Yes. I have a Substack and it gives me life. It's the place I can go and be honest and not censored and there you go. Cool people are over there following me. And it's like, it's just a whole different world than the regular socials and the, you know, big tech, that whole, that's a whole other conversation. <laughs> They're doing this because we're letting them. Yeah. So again, it's, it's back in our laps. Like my generation, a lot of us walked away from politics. It was so dirty, you know, and after the killing of John F. Kennedy and Bobby Kennedy and Martin Luther King, you know, and Malcolm X, and just the dissolution of that push for a better world, people just left. They went about it their own business. They they had a life, you know, and they gave up on politics on some level. And I watched every president after that move forward an agenda I disagreed with, every single one, okay? And the last one I fell for was Obama, basically. I really thought when we elected him that things would be better. And boy, he turned out to be a wolf in sheep's clothing, from my opinion. And since then, uh, you know, I've made different decisions. But unless we get an army of active, informed, courageous Americans, 
we're not going to be able to turn this whole thing around and we really need to. We we've affected the whole world with our bad decisions. That's that's another, you know, another conversation another day. But sadly, the world follows us when even when we are driving straight off a cliff. Yep. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Fauci's decisions were the world's decisions. That's disgusting. And I mean, that is absolutely like the, you know, the vomit emoji. Yeah. <laughs> disgusting. But you don't listen to one man, particularly one little megalomaniac who gets everything wrong and is there for his own grandeur. Okay. Yes. Listen to these people. You Do you know, I mean, I'm sure you do, but you know about sociopathy, psychopathy and narcissism and frankly, how common it is. So in the Caucasian population within men, it seems to run about one in 20 to one in 25. That means a huge portion of those who scramble to the top of little power pyramids or huge power pyramids will fall into that personality disorder system. All right. Women have their own thing. They do exist as sociopaths, psychopaths and narcissists, but they tend to go another way. They tend to be borderlines. Right. And it's just difference in male-female hormonal settings and brains and everything else that seems to create this. But we have to be aware that this exists. And therefore, you do not give too much power to one person, because then if they get it wrong, everybody's doomed. Mm -hmm. I agree. We have to decentralize. That's what I was going to say, is we need informed, calm, intelligent, educated people like yourself and more to get involved because that's it. We can't have, you know, we can't have the angry mob show up or they're going, I mean, they're waiting for us to fall into that trap, right? They're waiting for another January 6th type of situation over this. They're waiting for the rise up and angry, you know, and anger. And as much as I do harbor some, well, a lot of anger over this whole thing, I do try to remain calm because it's, that's the critical part. Become informed. That's all I've ever been trying to do these past three years is just give people the information so they have it and, you know, do with it what you will. But we, I think now is the time. We, I absolutely agree. We have to, we have to come together. We've got the facts, right? We've got the facts. A lot of the ones that we were fighting for and that we were destroyed for. And as you say, had, you know, guns and arrows and everything else thrown at us for basically. And now it's all true. And yeah. so it's, it, it, you know, the truth will out eventually. Okay. But, you know, the lockdowns, I, my father built the first, first hotel in what's now Crystal City. Okay. This is right next door to the Pentagon. It's in between the Pentagon and National Airport outside DC. It's an old family hotel at this time with, you know, much more modern buildings around it, but we kept running our business. COVID lockdowns destroyed us and my family is not one to go into debt. So we sold out everything, which included four commercial properties. Three of them were sold for pennies on the dollar, in my opinion. And it's right next door to Jeff Bezos's HQ2 for Amazon. The whole place is going to be redone. And we now have a linking up of the corporate world, the security forces, right? All the three letter agencies and the government, they are all in bed together. And if we want to deal with this, I mean, we didn't talk about the WHO and the pandemic treaty and the international health regulations, but this is really critical. We need an informed population that is saying, hell no, hell no, we're not doing it. And you can write all these illegal laws and rules if you want and extra constitutional agreements, but we're not going along with it. And by God, we will pull you off of your seats of power and we will replace you with those who will defend our rights. Their authority comes from us. 
It doesn't come from a corporation. It comes from us. And when they're destroying us at the behest of a corporate desire, they're not doing their job. They're frankly traitors to our nation. And we really need to call this what it is. There's other people doing fabulous research. You know, I love Bobby Kennedy. He has been telling the truth on a tough subject for a very long time. And for him to say, I'm willing to die with my boots on, that means something. His father and his uncle lost their life in this fight. This is the same fight. Mm -hmm. It hasn't changed any. So take courage. You know, that's the only thing that has ever changed the world is a committed group of people who are not afraid, who will face the fear and who will tackle the tough subjects and they will get involved and they will stand up and they will get engaged. And this is what we need. This is what Oregon needs. And Oregon has these people. They just have been convinced that they're powerless. That's the greatest piece of propaganda ever. They are not. Get a hold of your legislator and give them hell. I mean, they got a tough job, but tell them they can't do this. And we won't have it. And we'll replace them. And we will clean up the voting and make sure that it's that elections are secure and accurate. You know, I've had five ballots in my house. I could have sent in half a dozen of the damn things. You know, when I first got here, I thought that that, you know, mail-in voting, oh, wow, that is so convenient. And then I went, okay, now wait a second. <laughs> yep, that's what I was talking about earlier. It's a little little fishy. Yes. It's a little fishy. <laughs> yeah, we've got work to do. But Dr. Tina, I have a question for you. What would you rather be doing? I mean, honestly, in a world where human freedom is at risk, Human life oh, yeah. is at risk. What else would you rather be doing? I tell myself that every day. I was trained for this. I, it's so, if you look at my life before this, I, I, this was, I'm like, these people, these people have no idea. And what they don't get is that the more they push around people like you and me, they are creating the monster that they dread, right? The more they push around the mamas, the more they push around. It's really the women I have to give credit to who've been the heroes of this because the more they mess with me, the more I want to fight. And there's no, you know, again, unless I drop dead, I, and I'm, I'm pretty damn healthy. <laughs> <laughs> You followed your own advice. You know, there's the thing. You followed your own advice. I need to get a little healthier. The last year has been a little bumpy for me in the health department, I have to say. But the thing is, we is that you're, right. you're right about the more they do this, the more steel gets into our spines because the more it's like, absolutely not. Okay. You haven't heard me yet. I'm not loud enough yet. Absolutely not. Our country that has this embodied in the you know, foundational documents, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness for everybody, okay? You don't get to take my life because you decided I'm going to get injected with your project, you know, your latest little pharma concoction. You don't get to take my liberty because you've got a false model that says that if humans move around, more will die. Well, that was wrong, actually. You killed them by locking them in their buildings and not allowing them to breathe or exercise or have any joy or go to work or do what they came here to do, right? And you're not going to take my businesses. You're not going to take how I support myself in this world. And we need a huge, huge accounting, okay? And they're not going to mess with the kids. That's, that's it. I mean, whenever I feel tired or worn out, I'm like, nope. I'm not, they're not going to mess with the kids. They killed all the old people. They're not going to mess with the kids. I'm not having it. So I'm with you. The problem is, 
they've been messing with our kids, right? A lot of our kids are injected with their with their toxins. And that's why that line is in there about a generation of children free of chronic and iatrogenic disease, because we have to get to the bottom of that. And if we cannot protect our kids, we are a failed society, right? So this is the most critical issue of all is making sure that children grow up in healthy, happy homes where their their health is protected, right? And we don't have public health agencies demanding that we harm our children in the guise of protecting them, okay? However, whatever they've come up with, it is a parental decision and we need informed parents. So this is, this is a critical issue. My only... Um, you know, the silver lining to the horror that has been the past three years is that I think we finally are going to get to talk about all of these things because when they see and they become aware of, and that truth is leaking out, how deadly dangerous this last back, quote, vaccine is, they're going to start looking at all the others. Yes, that's it. And a whole group of parents that were not otherwise awake and aware of this have become aware. And I can't tell you how many parents I've talked to that have said, you know, I was, I fully vaccinated my child. I'd never considered it before. And I will never allow a needle near them again. I think there's a huge change coming. I think they don't know really what they did or who knows. I don't know. I'm not going to assume, but the world is waking up. We just have to get to those people inside those bubbles, okay? You just yes. have to get to those folks. And their job is not easy. I know it's not easy. And some of them have zero time, right? They're running from committee to committee to committee. But this they have to get. And we need we need citizen activists in mass. Now, Florida, it took 5,000 to get that legislation passed. Now, that's a much higher population state than we are here a thousand truly dedicated activists will make a big difference. If we get five, we win. Mm-hmm. I mean, literally, we win. So anybody who wants to participate, please do. And every single voice counts. Everyone who has witnessed a vaccine injury, who has witnessed a child harmed through all of these COVID measures, who has witnessed iatrogenic disease, which is disease caused by medical treatments, Okay, now we're starting to question, you know, all the drugs given to children, Ritalin and all the rest of that. That's now coming into the mix. Thank God, finally, two generations later, after they've ruined the, you know, people's health and lives. All these things need to come up for question. And frankly, we don't need pharma. We don't need pharma. It'd be a better world without pharma. There's a lot of natural compounds that work just as well or even better. And a lot of old drugs that were discovered years ago that are safe and effective. Pharma, pharma needs us, though. They need us as lifelong customers. This is my whole argument that I've been saying. We have to take really good care of ourselves. It's not just up to relying on these natural substances. It comes down to the foods we choose to eat, the way we choose to move our bodies, the way we choose to prioritize our sleep. Because I, I see so many uh, medical freedom fighters at these rallies in Oregon, and their health is a complete disaster. And that's it. They're drinking McDonald's, they're eating McDonald's, drinking soda and screaming freedom. And I'm like, if your body and brain is hijacked by big foods poison, you're not free. You're a pharmaceutical customer for life. If you're diabetic, diabetes is a very profitable condition. And it's, you know, 90, probably 100% of Americans at this point, US adults are probably dealing with some version of it. So this is where people have to get active in taking care of themselves. It's not just about taking a natural supplement or a natural herb. It is contingent on them to get their shit together so that they're not a pharmaceutical customer. 
I hear you. I agree completely. You know, the old advice that my mother gave me, eat right, get your exercise and get your sleep and you'll be fine and do something you love in this world, right? Find joy. You know, that matters too. Our state of mind translates into our body. But if we're pouring poison into our body and you're toxic as all get out, you can't have joy. You're not going to have joy, right? You're poisoned. So get right. the poisons out of your system. It is it is the first step without a shadow of a doubt. And big food is just as bad as big tech. And, you know, it, it's it's an issue. So diversify, diversify small farms, small businesses, organic foods. Oregon has a lot of it. Oh, you it's know, We need to preserve that. We need yep. to preserve that. We need to preserve our ranchers, our farmers. We need to preserve our small businesses. We've got to have, you know, in my opinion, school choice as well. Yeah. <laughs> The drugs in Oregon are an issue for the kids. So many kids are on drugs, whether they're recreational or pharmaceutical. It doesn't matter. Americans are doing way too many drugs. Yeah. (laughs) But when they're legal, they think it's okay. (laughs) Yes. Oh. I remember the commercials. DDT, it's good for me. Yep. Yep. I know. That's what I'm saying. If people only paid attention to history. But... Yes, maybe we'll have a resurgence, a renaissance, if you will. So, I think so. Well, Catherine, I just adore you, and I'm so glad I got to spend the last hour talking with you. I hope this was so eye-opening for my audience as well. And I will be sure to send them to the website. It's or.childrenshealthdefense.org and click on the 5,000 voices. You can enter your name and email there and it will give you very clear, and so I'm looking at it right now, very clear instructions on how to get active with this. And I hope every single listener who is in Oregon will get active because if we don't rise up like a roaring bear right now, I'm concerned. Right. We need the mama bears. We need the papa bears too. I'll be really thrilled when the guys really engage. I think it will happen. They're just a little slower to get moving, I feel like. But we need everybody. We really need everybody. And we need Eastern Oregon. And we need the people who were the classic Democrats who didn't vax their kids, right? Who raised organic children in a healthy and loving environment. And Yes, they got buffaloed, a whole lot of them, but they can wake up now and make a different choice and turn around and hold these people accountable who lied to them. So accountability is the big, big thing now. The accounting is coming due. Yes, and we have receipts. (laughs) There we go. We've got all the damn receipts. There's been a lot of smart people pulling stuff on the internet before, off of the internet before it gets scrubbed off the internet. So we have all the receipts. I love it. Okay. Well, thank you so much for coming. I, I just adore you and I am excited to keep working with you on this and I hope all the listeners will get active as well. Same here, Dr. Tina. You are an amazing, powerful woman and a powerful voice for Oregon. God bless you. Thank you. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Tina show. Please be sure to follow me on Instagram at Dr. Tina, that's D-R-T-Y-N-A and Dr. Tina 2.0, as well as visit my website at drtina.com. This is a Resonant Media production produced by Drake Peterson and mixed by Chris McCone. The theme song is by John the Guilt. As always, you can email the show at podcast at drtina.com. And if you like this episode, please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite podcast app. See you next week. This podcast is for general informational purposes only. It does not constitute the practices of medicine, nursing, or other professional healthcare services, including the giving of medical advice. I am a doctor, but I am not your doctor. 
no doctor-patient relationship is formed. The use of this information and the materials linked to this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content on this podcast is intended not to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice from any medical condition they have, and they should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions. If you're looking to take back your health, it's time for you to listen to the Real Foodology podcast. From the producer of The Dr. Tina Show comes one of Apple Podcast's top 10 nutrition shows hosted by integrative nutritionist and real food activist Courtney Swan. The Real Foodology podcast is on a mission to change the way we eat. Courtney interviews doctors, food experts, health professionals, and nutrition pioneers to bring you the best info so you can thrive. Somewhere along the way, we lost sight of how impactful our food choices are. But it's never too late to start on the path of better health choices. You'd be so surprised how resilient our bodies are when we start taking care of them. Yes, it's overwhelming, but that's why Courtney's here to help. She breaks it down for you and makes the information more accessible so that you can make more informed decisions in the grocery aisle or restaurant. Listen to the Real Foodology podcast today on your favorite podcast app.